Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Byron Rogers here for another episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. And today I have the honor of uh, doing the episode with, nonetheless, but uh, Pat McNamara himself here today. (laughs) All right. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Jeez, I, I saw, I mean, you've done so much out there online and just in this, just in the world, man. So I was like sitting here kind of, well, one, you caught my attention, especially once I started seeing these videos that you were putting out about uh, being the detail of your own security detachment. Right. That stuff's awesome. You know, that stuff, I think kind of what, it, just real quick before we kind of get into the, the, the script of the itinerary, but what prompted you to start? shooting out those videos, man. Well, I, uh, I wrote a book a few years back called uh, Sentinel. Um, and the gist is how I, you, uh, the, the average layman on the street can be the agent in charge of his own executive protection details. So you take what a, it, what a, what an EP does and you bring it down to a micro level format. So, you know, your wife, your kids become your, your PC, uh, or your, um, you know, your protectee and, um, your, your call, your everyday car is your limo. Your home is your embassy, you know, it's your fortress. Uh, so you, you cannot replicate what EP, you know, what executive protection detail does on a daily day, day to day basis, because there's just too much, but there's certain aspects of it that you can, um, you know, make habitual in your everyday life just to make you uh, safer and your loved ones safer. And even if you don't have uh, kids or, or family, you know, you, you could you could apply the same rules to yourself and your community. Why not be a good steward of your community? You know, why not try to make people better people? So I co-host a um, podcast, University of Badassery, and the host of it, uh, said, Hey man, you should, you know, you should put out more on that, um, on the, uh, Sentinel thing. So I started generating the, uh, Sunday Sentinel sermons. Heck yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And they're, just, and they're just 30 second snippets, you know, 30 seconds of, of, um, of life lessons. And, you know, uh, and most of them are taken directly from my book Sentinel. Yeah. But you know, 30 seconds is palatable and you could learn a lot in those 30 seconds. Heck yeah. If you're willing. So that's what, that's what started it all. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. And I, I, uh, 
because as I've been doing a lot of these interviews and talking to different folks, uh, what I'm finding to be a common thread is, man, protection is organic to everyone. We all have things we want to protect, people we want to protect. It's an extremely important, it's like food, water, shelter, and then you got to be able to protect that trash. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, so it's like something that really, it binds us all together and we may all have different functions. You know what I mean? Like I might, when I was a Marine, I was in that function. But if you saw me in high school, saw me in junior high, you see me now. The one thing I've always been is a protector really. And so I'm finding that a lot of the guys that are really good at what we do, you know, is that there's like a protector essence that they've kind of had through life, you know? And I want to, with this podcast, and it sounds like also with the stuff you're doing, that's awesome. I want to like stir that up in our society with all the things that are happening, man. You know, right? Yeah, uh, the, the way I put, I, I, I tell people that I, I want to make people better people, and I'd rather have assets than liabilities. Heck yeah! Nowadays, we are so connected that we are disconnected. So, yeah. you know, you take Cooper's color code um, from you know white to zombie mode and black to fighting for your life. Um, yeah. so many people, whether they're walking around the street or driving the car, they're completely in the white now, you know, they're on their phones. They're it's, it's, I look at people and I go, how in the hell can you expect you father of three who just walked into the restaurant mm-hmm. while you're on your cell phone and you're wearing freaking flip flops and shorts, right? What if something goes south, man, what if the shit hits the fan? How are you going to be able to protect them? You can't run through broken glass with those flip flops on. And you have no sense of awareness. So we've, we've kind of, I mean, it's a fact that we human beings, we're devolving over time, Yeah. but we don't have to escalate things, you know, and, and the technology that we're using is forcing us to escalate our, our, uh, uh, how we are devolving as a, as a species, as a race, you know, mm-hmm. as a human yeah. Like the so that's one of the things I'm t- trying to get people to be more situationally aware. You don't have to be in the yeah. freaking orange. You could enjoy life. You right. know what I mean? You're not, yeah. really You're not really on an executive protection detail. I mean, those guys are in the orange all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're kicking it in there. You can't do that. But, you, you know, once you leave your fortress, you should be in the yellow. You know, just have fun, but just a sense of awareness of what's around you. Mm-hmm. and who's around you and who may be an asset and who may be a liability, that kind of thing. Yeah. 100% sense of awareness, situational awareness, have a plan. I mean, I, I right. feel better once I sit down at a restaurant with my wife and I kind of can see stuff and I have a plan. I kind of know who's who in the zoo a little bit. Like for me, that's like a, I re- I can relax more responsibly almost. I feel, you know, and you know, like I, those little things that you're talking about that are, that are organic for us. I, I love that, man, that you, cause I love that you did that with those videos because it's, uh, yep. it's just the little things. It's a little bit of perspective. It's seeing things a little differently. It's maybe making a few different decisions with regards to what you put on this morning. Uh, exactly. With little stuff that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And that, uh, that uh, we got some live events coming up this year where, you know, I kind of had a crossroads where it was like, should I do this like for the executive protection practitioner or should I put something together with a number of different survival skills and speakers designed to help civilians become better protectors? And that's what I'm aiming at, man. I really want to help civilians become better protectors because that's the antibody. We had the uh, right. the bombs just went off in Sri Lanka. 
coordinated attack, you know, as a protector, what can you do to stop? Yep. And, you know, I think the only real way to thwart something like that is a community of people that you have to look for and that maybe can see something like that. Well, a neighbor has been acting weird, you know, carrying sketchy stuff in and out of his house or they've been having weird meetings and people with that mindset that you're talking about, you know, I don't know. But yeah. Well, and, you know, and now with today's society too, we, we are afraid to thwart or to, um, or to dissuade, dissuade a possible bad scenario because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah, man. Uh, the PC. But there's ways around it. You know, if you see yeah. a guy, for instance, in the neighborhood, because um, this happened not too long ago, where a buddy of mine got robbed oh, man. and it was, it was primarily kids, but you know, they were smashing, smashing a door going in and just looking for um, whatever was available to them. But the, those kids were seen in the neighborhood and people driving didn't recognize them and they didn't say anything to them. want to hurt their feelings, <laughs> but there's ways, you know, you could roll down the window and say, Hey, do you know where um, Poplar street is? And if they go, no, well, you're on freaking Poplar Street. So, <laughs> right? So it can be very benign. You could, you know, it could be extremely benign without hurting somebody's feelings because you never know. They might be just happenstance. They might be looking for uh, work or uh, a friend of theirs or what have you. But the thing is, if you, you can't go against intuition. It's a gift yeah. we were born with. And um, we're too afraid nowadays to... to allow our intuition, our intuitiveness to work on our behalf. Yeah. We're scared to death, man. We're going to hurt some feelings. You know, and then be the bad guy, you know, <laughs> be the bad guy in the day. Yeah. No, that's good gouge, man. And yeah, interviewing folks, man. Hey, how you doing today? What's going on? What's your, right. you know, and, and, and if I get accused of it, I'm just genuine. I'm just like, Hey, you know, to be honest, right. I just, I just, I, I, I didn't know. I've never seen your car and I just didn't know. So right. I just introduce myself and see how you're doing today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and see how they react. You know? Well, and because then, too, you know, if they are a predator, right. a predator, just like in the wild, does not want to be caught. They need easy yeah. prey. They so now if, if they are a predator, they had bad intentions, they're gone. They're sketched they're out. Yeah. yeah, they're, they're, they're busted just, just like that, you know? So... Oh, I don't know. That's exactly right. It's good gouge, man. So moving into, you know, the, 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 uh, question we always have to ask, you know, and on any security detail you get there, everyone kind of sniffs each other's butts. Right. And then they go yep. into, them, Hey man, well, what's your background? So I like to let guys right. you know, just tell their own backgrounds on here. Just like, as if we are on a detail. Yep. Oh, you want me to tell mine? Yeah, man. The way you would say it. All right. So my, uh, Tactical experience comes from, uh, I spent 22 years in uh, the Army, and it was all special operations time. My entire career was special ops time. So I am what they refer to as an SF baby. So I I signed up for the special, Special Forces program at 17 years old and started this Special Forces course after, you know, all the basic stuff. Uh, on my 19th birthday, and then I was in a whole bunch of different special ops jobs, uh, regular, uh, you know, Green Beret unit to um, some Cold War jobs where I was uh, setting up networks for double agents in Berlin. And then I was spying on the Soviet Army and Soviet East Germany. 
And once the uh, wall came down and reunification, I went to a uh, selection for the unit uh, in uh, 91. And uh, I spent 13 years there in, in USASAC and top tier unit on the planet. And then I retired in 05. And then, you know, and, and, and during that 13 years too, um, I was very fortunate. Well, <laughs> I say fortunate. I, I did a lot of uh, executive protection while in the middle. It's not fortunate because that job sucks. But got me, <laughs> I was going to ask you what you thought. But, yeah, but, but awesome. it got me into, um, into places where, you know, I as a military guy did not have autonomy, you know, parts mm-hmm. of the world. And um, I, I was, I protected some interesting people from ambassadors to generals to, um, well, I got some good ones, Madeline Albright, Oh, uh, the King of Jordan, um, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Priceless. Well, I was with her. Uh, remember when she was under sniper fire in Boston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a hot LZ. It was a hot LZ. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was me. That was me with her, yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. Probably one, of the state, probably one of the safest places on the planet at the time, Tuzla Air Base, you know, oh, Eagle Air Base, Tuzla. It was uh, probably one of the safest places you could be on the planet. But uh, yeah, so Christ, that's awesome. Done a bunch of it. Yeah, man. Well, that's cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, when I'm looking at I was looking at the questions. I was like, man, you've done so much. What am I kind of ask you about? So kind of digging deeper. Actually, I was going to ask you something about social dynamics. You were doing that spy work. And mm-hmm. I think one of the best soft skills that a lot of guys overlook in executive protection is really the social dynamics of it all because it's how you deal with people, whether it's your client, whether it's the person at the front desk or whatever. What would you say you learned about social dynamics and like dealing with people uh, during that Cold War work? Um, Because you had to be kind of, seem like spy work. You were doing a lot of interacting. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I tell you, when it comes to that, having the right deportment, the right demeanor, not everybody is cut out for it. Not everybody's yeah. a people person. You know, you have to be the right person who's going to say the right thing to the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's cut out for it. Um, if you're a people person, it's yeah. pretty easy. And not saying that I'm some extrovert going to parties and crap like that. I'm not yeah. that guy at all. But the thing is, I, I, am, I am good at... Um, you know, gathering a read on somebody just mm-hmm. with a with a with a very brief personal interview, and a personal interview isn't um, it isn't uh, toxic or uh, by the book. It's just hey, how you doing? Where where are you from? W- what do you do there? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get to learn a lot if you know what to look for about a person just based on a, a few questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I learned a lot of that was, you know, drinking through a fire hose. I had to learn it. Yeah. OJT, you know, so it was all yeah. on the job training. Uh, but um, I, I had, I had a lot of fun with that because it was something that I had a knack for and uh-huh. I didn't know, it. but some people have it and some people do not. And some people can't do that stuff at Just, all. Not yeah. one bit. And they might be an awesome person, super smart, yeah. but they just plain out suck at that. <laughs> yeah, this this that social dynamics is a different skill, man. It's a different yeah. comfort. You got to be able to be comfortable with you know the the, yep. the give and take. You got to be able to flow with things, and that's okay. No, that's a good one. That's something that was I was I was curious about. So, um, who would you say you are at your core? Who's the man driving all this stuff, man? All the stuff you're doing nowadays. Um, 
I'm. It's weird because I've I've de- I've developed into a different person. Um, not not a different person. I have discovered that I am somebody who motivates people. I did not know that, you know, about myself. I I really, you know, it's a social, the dynamic of social media made me this person. So it is, uh, it has become a job of mine and it's a full-time job now. One that I don't get paid for to, um, to motivate people, motivate, inspire, encourage, and, um, project positivity and a uh, maybe even it, even moral and ethical dile- dilemmas, you know. Um, I, I help people with, with those things. And I don't know why. I tell my wife all the time, I don't know what I'm doing. I just have to keep on doing it. Oh, and um, yeah. so, so long as, as uh, I'm, I'm just I'm, – so long as I just keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to – I'm somehow helping people out. Yeah. That's awesome stuff, man. Because like – you know, I've done a lot in the personal development kind of space and a lot in the, I'm a double psych major. So I've always been really into the personal development stuff. And a lot of the tenants are find your purpose. Well, with me, I think I'm kind of in your world. I'm kind of like you were like, I got like a present purpose. Like I'm doing this podcast right now. You know, I just kind of know what I'm supposed to be doing with regards to my passion. And like this path kind of Mm -hmm. like appears right in front of me as I'm going. I totally dig what you're saying about like, I don't know, you just kind of know what you're supposed to be doing and you're going to do it, do the heck yeah. out of it until your destiny shows right. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, don't pretend to be somebody else and just yeah. do your own thing and keep, keep the message, um, true and, you know, short, clear, concise. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing it. Heck yeah, man. No, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's fantastic. I feel like guys like us are strong in order to help other people be strong. You know, like the stuff you've yeah. gone through, I feel like equipped you to be able to really like drive on and help other people. Yep. Um, I'm going to keep rocking it. Heck yeah. How did you, so you said social media kind of got you on the page you're on uh, with regards to encouraging people, stuff like that. So is there anything else about like kind of how you got into what you're doing? Like what you're doing these days? Um, well, I mean, I have a, you know, a full-time job, so I, I, you know, I teach, I teach, uh, shooting, fighting, close quarter battle, that kind of thing. And, and my, my presence in that industry has grown quite a bit in the past, uh, several years. You know, it started with a YouTube channel. Yeah. People went, oh man, that's cool. I want to train with this guy because I like what he's doing and, and his message on tactics is very, um, it's to the point there's no fluff behind there's no gizmos gimmicks or gadgets you know it's it's just it's raw and it's um and it's true uh so i mean that's my that's what i do uh full time um but life told me hey man you need to start with some social media and this is what just maybe a year after we met so i've only been a social media guy for about five years about that okay uh i actually yeah yeah but um but it's grown quickly you know it's it's grown pretty quick and that's without like assistance from outside yeah some people have teams to um, to market an individual to make an individual product i'm just some dude you know doing this (laughs) out of my house and on the range on the road 
Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I have, no, I have no backup or no, you know, executive assistant or yeah. uh, proteges or interns, uh-huh. anything like that. It's just me doing it. Uh, and, and I, and I like where, I like where it's going. Uh, some people shy away to the whole social media thing, mm-hmm. but, um, the amount of information and the reach you have instantly is pretty gratifying, especially when you're putting out something good because there's so much toxic out there. There's a yeah. lot of toxic crap and people are sucked into the, to that, you know, to that malignant messaging, to that shrill vile yeah. messaging. And it's easy. It's easy to be shrill. You know, it, it, it doesn't take as much effort as it is to be positive. Positive, yeah. being positive requires more effort. To be Strange. bleak and shrill and negative about crap requires less energy and less brain power. So don't be yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true, man, because the positivity, you got to protect it. You got to maintain it. it you've got to have a, a perspective and an outlook that can cause you to extract that positivity from Mm -hmm. a number of circumstances, man. I've never made that association, but it it is a higher form of character altogether. That's what's up, man. That's true. What would you say? um, Any quotes, mantras, sayings that you uh, favor? You have like a life. There's one one I love. And I I, I said it this morning um, Uh because I was feeling tired this morning. So Jerry Rice in the, in the nineties NFL player, um, this one, man, if, if you wake up to this quote, dude, um, I will do today what others won't. So I could do tomorrow what others can't. Yeah. That's pretty badass, Heck You know, yeah. so a lot of pro athletes have really good mantras, you know, like when you look at Muhammad Ali or Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. guys like that, you know, they have really freaking cool mantras and they lived by that stuff. You know, that's why they were, you know, the, the, the best in among a, f- a field of equals, yeah. you know, um, there's a couple others. Um, uh, Coach Bear Bryant uh, said that the will to win compares little to the will to train to win. I love that one too. Mm, yeah. Cause one kind of dictates the other. Really. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. There's a, there's a bunch of mantras that I love and yeah. uh, every once in a while I'll reread them and I'll go, Oh man, that is so freaking good. You know, I want it tattooed on me. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. No, I'm right there with you, dude. And I tattooed half of them on me in Latin. I did it in Latin. So you can't, you know, just in case I change my mind later. <laughs> right. But yeah, man, now I'm all about that stuff. That's good. I'll do today. Well, I'll do what others, what others can't today or won't do today so I can have Yeah, I will do today what others won't so I could do tomorrow what others can't. And that that's the secret to strength in life. Dude, man. <laughs> you know, and I, and I tell people, you know, all the time when I'm training people, um, this is one of my uh, – I have a bunch that I've made up too, but if you cloned yourself yesterday, can you kick your clone's ass tomorrow? That's a good one. Yeah. Well, I mean, all we want to do, you know, in life, whether you're, and that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, become an MMA fighter. It means, are you better balanced? Um, Are you, do you have more wits about you? Yeah. Uh, Is situational awareness better? Um, Are you stronger, faster, quicker? Uh, You know, it could be anything. Are you Mm -hmm. a pound lighter? You know, that kind of thing. Little incremental, incremental improvements. 
Yeah, man. I'm with Tony Robbins, dude. Progress equals happiness. And if you're making yeah, right. progress, right, like, yeah. and you're looking at the old you, it's a good feeling. Yeah, man. No, it is. And, <laughs> man, I, I got to tell you, um, I have, in the past six years, this is be- a lot of it I at, uh, attribute to um, to the woman I married hmm. um, six years ago. Or I w- I've been with her for six years. Yeah. Um, married her a couple of years after. But uh, that marriage her, is like a make or break for men. It, dude, because I was in a bad one for a long time. And yeah. there was no problems, so there was no happiness. <laughs> and that, I think a lot of vets hit that track, hit that wall, man, real hard getting out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I've made a lot of progress in the past six years. Mostly, in, in, it's not like my wife is assisting me step by step, but she's my biggest, she's my biggest, uh, I'm, uh, you know, she's a fan. She's, a, she's my biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And she, me better me. And I make her a better her. You know, we make each other better us's. Yeah, that's powerful. And that's yep. meaningful, man. And you gotta, you kind of gotta have that battle. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you gotta have it, but I can tell you for me, it's been real crucial as well to have that battle buddy. Even if, because, you know, my, my wife's solid too. And even if it's just when I'm getting jammed up by life and getting punched in the face and I look back behind me and I know that she's back there counting on me, to uh, make a play and yep. think and deliver, you better believe it, man. <laughs> or I'm going to die good that stuff, day. Good stuff knowing somebody's got your six. Yeah, man, 100%. Uh, what would you say to anyone who's looking to get into special units, man? Any advice to guys? Well, I, the one thing I tell them is is absolutely don't – don't not do it. <laughs> that double negative was on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, because because you don't want ten years from now to look back with regrets. Yeah, man. You know, so, so a, a road in you know in a, in a special ops is is not an easy road to travel. It's filled with bumps and obstacles and hard turns and and you know it's it's horrible. And there's a lot of luck involved too. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, whether it's academic or health or, you know, injury, there's a lot of luck, you know, because it's a long and arduous road. It's arduous, but it's, but it is not Sisyphean. Ah, I love slipping shit. Like that. You gotta drop that. You gotta, you gotta break that one down <laughs> for your boy here, man. Yeah. Sisyphean. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I always tell them, um, most of the guys, when they ask my advice, I tell them the fastest road in the military to like badassery is like airborne ranger, you know, because uh, those guys are really freaking good. You know, as far as like an airborne infantry man goes, man, they've got, they have got the basics nugged out and that's the foundation on which everything else sets all those, all those basics, you know, all that patrolling and land nav and gun work and room to room clearing and building clearing. And, you know, those guys have that shit down man and um it's it's probably the fastest road in any branch uh to badassery once again it ain't easy though you know mm-hmm. shit ain't easy you can't just say yeah tomorrow i'm gonna join the military and i'm gonna be a badass yeah, yeah you gotta want it, you know you gotta freaking you gotta want it you gotta want it i mean yeah. i could i could fill a book on how many times i failed you know in in my career uh-huh. um but man, yeah, 
And then you're going to like go and get tested and find out how bad you actually, actually want it. You know what I mean? Again and again, that's real stuff, man. Uh, any specific takeaways, what takeaways from the unit? From the unit. Uh, man, there's so many. It's not even funny. I, I lived in a world of, of, you know, in a world with giants where even though I was one of them, I did not feel like that. I felt like mm. I was working my ass off to be mediocre. Man. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, even though, you know, guys will tell me later, yeah, you were one of the top dudes there. I was like, Dude, I didn't feel like it, man. <laughs> I felt like off just to be one of the mill you know yeah. just to be on top of mediocre on top of average um wow uh there's a there's so many takeaways a, a good one too is um that that unit was not rank dependent in other words um hmm. uh, rank was almost immaterial it's what you've done that matters so the other thing about that unit is ideas were generated from bottom up, not from top down. Wow. So they, they allowed the individual to maintain an expeditionary mindset. You know, that yeah. creative thinking was um, encouraged and never squelched. Wow. Those are big, man. And, that, and that's stuff that can... You know, you could take that into corporate America to some degree uh, and make people, you make a more productive entity out of a, uh, you know, a corporate job. Yeah. But you need the right people to do that. Exactly. You got to have those guys that can handle that. You can handle that much Mm -hmm. autonomy and responsibility and flexibility and all those things. But that's good. That's good gouge, man. That's really good. If you're in the room full of people and you are just striving <laughs> to keep up, if you feel like you're striving to keep up, you know, uh, then you're probably in the right room. If you're in a room full of people and you're, yep. oh, and you're the most, you know, whatever dude in the room, then you're probably in the wrong room. <laughs> That's what I, I tell people too. If you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Then you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I dig it, man. You kind of mentioned what you think about executive, what your experience with executive protection was. Would you say in terms of being a protector, we talked about this, is it something that is, uh, well, connected to a job or a function, or is it something that you just always have with you as a civilian? Well, for me as a civilian, it's always something that I have with me. And the cool thing is too, is uh, I have buy-in with my, uh, with my wife, for instance, um, you know, the cars in the driveway are never below three quarters of a tank. Those are, that's our limos, you know, we got, that's our mobile command center. Um, you know, we're, we're trained, we're, we're healthy. We uh, pay attention to, you know, who's in the neighborhood who, um, we, uh, we, we pay attention when we're out and about, even though, you know, we like to, uh, we like to go out, we like to enjoy ourselves, but we're never outside of our cognitive faculties, you know, while we're out and about, I like to drink beer. But the yeah. thing is, you know, I don't, I, I won't get like drunk in public, for instance. Uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, I don't want to be outside of my cognitive faculties, not just for me, but for my wife and for others. You know, it's my responsibility mm-hmm. to um, to protect and serve. You know, uh, because any one of us can be a first responder at any time. Right. You never right. know. You know, it could be a car wreck that happens on the street, or or 
somebody has a heart attack or whatever it is, you got to be there for those people. If you have any kind of training, you got to, you got to be the first responder. Yeah. And living a life with the responsibility of that, man, that's awesome. You know, yeah, kind of taking on the responsibility of, Hey, you know what, if I'm there, it's a safer place. If I'm there. And I, and I tell people too, that um, like the, the sheeple, yeah, the sheeple, man. I mean, God bless them. God bless them all. <laughs> the sheeple will tell me that they don't want my help, but I'm going to help them anyway. Yeah. I'm going to be there for them. You know, the sheeple yeah. are like, I tell, you know, like anti-gun people, like, yeah. I don't carry a gun for me. I carry it for you. They say, well, yeah. I don't need your protection. I say, that's right. You don't, but I'm going to protect you anyway. Yep. And I hope you never do. I hope that's you right. never need my protection, but I'm going right. to be there just in case. Yeah. Yep. No, Trust me, bro. I got you. I got you on this. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, I dig it, man. And I think that's that's ultimately one of the best things that we can do out here, man, is people taking more responsibility for their environment, taking more responsibility for their ability, uh, taking more responsibility to, to be able to be strong enough to do the right things when those moments arise. Yep. You know, you don't need the job of executive protection or security professional or Marine or army or, or first responder in order to be that person who can make a difference. You know, that's, that's, that's right. like a human pride issue. I think that's like a, you know, I'm here. So it's going to be a better environment kind of thing too. You know, mm-hmm. what would you say about, you know, maintaining a warrior mindset? It seems like something you're real good at, you know, uh, kind of since you've been out. Yeah. I, 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 people, people ask me about that, you know, like, um, yeah. They asked me about, um, what is it? What's the word? What's the wording? Um, that, yeah. Oh, mindset, mindset. Warrior, and I'm like, ah, man, you know, it, it's, it's not something that you can just obtain from reading a book. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it goes back to that. You either, we all, we all have it cause we're all human beings. Yeah. We have a prime side that says, you know, protect me protect you protect the tribe you know we all have that it's engraved into our hard drive um but i think it's not they shouldn't be asking how do i get a warrior mindset is why did i lose my more warrior mindset yeah where is that as a human we should you know uh at a primal level have a warrior mindset um and I'm just, I'm fortunate enough to where I go to bed at night and I think about attacking the next day. As my buddy uh, CJ says, carpe diem, because you're almost out of DMs. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. You never know, man. Heck yeah. So you, for you, it's just like, hey, psychologically gearing up to fight the good fight the next day. And that fight, yeah, you're not like whipping it on and slinging lead necessarily at an enemy. But the fight is relative to your life as a civilian and what someone's yep. fighting with. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Uh, it's just something that it's a way of life for me. It's it's habitual, you know. It's just something that I, 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 I and a lot of it's it's attitude. You know, it's yeah. attitude, mindset, and attitude are go hand in hand. And my attitude says that I have to maintain. You know, condition yellow when I'm out on the road. I have to train. I have to keep myself physically and mentally fit. It is the, you know, duty of those who aren't the sheeple to protect the sheeple. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I think 
also what I hear you saying is standards, man. You know, like when you're out there, you, you have your standards. These are my physical fitness standards. These are the standards that I got to perform at in all these levels. And this is what I got to do tomorrow. And as you maintain those mm-hmm. standards, you can look in the mirror and be like, yo, um, I'm a warrior and I'm on the path. You know, um, I always say to dudes like, look, I can, when I look at you, I see your standards, man. I see your physical standards. I see your relational standards. Uh, and that, I think, I agree, man. I think that maintaining that warrior mindset comes out in your actions every single day in the maintenance of those, those stinking standards. Yeah. Yeah. There's something else that just rang a bell. Um, I think this is important too. Yeah. Or way of life is do something every day to better your community or your society every day mm-hmm. have purpose have a meaning you know don't don't be a leech on society because man there's a lot of freaking leeches but it's yeah. it's very gratifying at night if i could reflect and say i've helped out this many people today. And sometimes it's little, it's little, it's little, you know, uh, yeah. it's given my freaking, my, my local derelict. I, there's a derelict in town and, yeah. and I feel bad for him. tortured soul. He screams at the sky, mm. but you know, anytime I see him, I give him $5. Um, and I tell him, go get, go get, go get an orange juice and he'll, yeah. he'll go get an orange. I'll see him That's walking with up. a big cow. Because yeah. he's not a drug addict, you know, he's a tortured soul. Oh. Um, but, uh, or the amount of people that I, I share correspondence with online, you know, yeah. because I get a lot of correspondence from people, but mm-hmm. I, I answer them back. And sometimes it's simple, you know, just sending them a horns up or yeah. a thumbs up or whatever it is. Yeah. But it's very gratifying at the end of the day, knowing that not only you maybe help somebody, but man, you, you might change somebody's life just with a positive message. Yeah. That stuff's huge, man. And I think nowadays we're like nothing sacred anymore and like respect and manners and honor. And these things are kind of like just few and far between people are starving for that. Like nowadays, yeah. if I look a man in the eyes and, and, and give him a nod or say hello, half of them don't know what to do. Half of them get scared and like look down and, you know, like, you know, the other half of them really appreciate that trash, you know, because it's one of the most valuable feelings at the end of the day. It is. Money can't buy it. I'm doing an episode on EDC coming up. And so uh, now that I got you here, what would you say would be good EDC considerations? Or are there any items that you suggest millions roll with? And stuff like that, right? Well, one of them, one of them, I uh, there's a there, you got to have all right, handheld light, handheld got to have, gotta it. have it. now because I know a lot of guys who say they'll say, well, I have a gun mounted light. I say, but you need a handheld light, man. Yeah, you're not gonna right. fucking gun out and help some old lady to her car at night. <laughs> got to have, have a handheld light, and then. A lot of guys will carry a fixed blade. And I say, man, you got to have a utility knife too. You know, you can't just have a fixed blade. You got to have something that you could like work with because you don't want to stick up your, you know, your fighting blade. You don't want to pull that out and, you know, and, and cut something with it because it's your fighting blade, bro. You know, so so those things are to me are, are pretty big. And then I have a, a, Mm -hmm. an EDC package in my car. To, okay. in my in my EDC in my everyday car, 
I have a, a package. It is packed. <laughs> so in my everyday car, I have a, a little backpack, and that's got stuff to help people out. You know, it's got uh, first all the first aid crap in it. It's got water. It's got duct tape. It's got um, uh, warm, cold. It's got leather gloves for hot, cold, sharp. It's got uh, just tons of stuff like that. Um, but with, with EDC, you know, mm-hmm. people are thinking gun EDC. That's great. Right. Yep, it's great. Cause I carry wherever I go, yep. but just because you have a gun doesn't mean you're armed. So you right. got to get the software along with the hardware. Okay. Software is more important than the hardware. Anytime people say, what's the best gun for EDC? I, say, I don't freaking care. Right. I'll make any one of them work because I got the freaking training. Anyone that I'm not printing on like an amateur, you know, right. um, I don't care. What, what's the best EDC bolster? It's like, dude, man, whatever one fits you best, whatever one you could, you could, you know, punch somebody's mouth loose with, and you're not going to lose it. It's not going to fall yeah. out. But that's so another thing along with software, that's another thing. You got to learn some basic fight. Um, Cause that's part of your, that should be a part of your EDC. Uh, that uh, the ability to fight, the ability to run, to be able, the ability to move your person over a, a certain point of uh, period of distance expeditiously. Yeah. Um, so those are things people don't consider. I think. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I love that, man. Your physical fitness and your intelligence is part of your stinking EDC. Yes. Mass. Yeah, <laughs> huge. You know. Because the, the, the tools, and I've heard another one of my buddies says he's like, uh, amateurs spend money on hardware, professionals spend money on software. Because the tools vary, man. The tools vary, but the tools efficiency and proficiency is dependent on the software. So that that's a solid that's a solid approach to EDC. And I'm with you, yeah. man. I carry the handheld light everywhere because, yeah, you know, old lady can't see your groceries. You're going to brandish out here, man. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any, uh, like, like an IFAC medical stuff, any suggestions on that or I don't, nothing I carry on me, but it's in my car. Yeah. I I don't, I don't, I don't carry any, you know, I, I have my, my, my EDC, my, the stuff that I wear on me is pretty basic. It's my, it's my handheld light, uh, gun extra mag in my back pocket, uh, I have a, uh, I have a both a fixed blade and I have a utility knife. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about, that's about it because I've got, you know, if I am in the proximity of my limo everyday car, yep, yep. Uh, then I've got that backpack and that could, that's got everything in it. You know, it's loaded down. Okay. That's how I roll too, man. I got um, all my stuff in my pack, like that secondary stuff, my medical stuff in my pack and really the same stuff you mentioned on my person. Um, so that's what's up. Heck yeah. What do you love about teaching, man? What, what's that? What's, what's that about for you? I love, um, I love imparting a message that is palatable to the intended recipient. And I like, I like seeing the light switch come on, you know, yeah. Um, they're, they're it, with the teaching thing too. Not everybody's cut out for it, you know. Because and I said this line before: you got to be the right person that's going to say the right thing to the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. And when instructing, it's not really important to know what to say, but what not to say. You got to know mm-hmm. when to keep your mouth shut. Um, 
but I love there. There's a point in training where I where I look at a guy and I just I say to myself, that guy just discovered performance. <laughs> you know, and I I've been teaching for a long, long time. And, um, I have realized that words are powerful icons, and the clarity by which something is defined will determine the effectiveness of its application. Um, you know, so. I, I have, yeah, man, I have studied, I have studied teaching through mostly trial and error, um, but I've been doing it a long, long time, and yeah, I love it. I love it. I have a class every weekend. <laughs> awesome. Where are your classes and all that stuff at, man? Plug it. <laughs> Well, all all over the country right now. I, I'm I'm travel weary. I've been traveling my freaking ass into the earth, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to stay closer to home. So the ones coming up are like driving distance, um, which is eight hours for me. Driving distance is eight hours. Beyond eight, I like to fly. But a, a lot of them in North and South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, that kind of thing. You know. Um, more southeast than anything else right now just because i'm trying to stay closer to home i dig it good to go you mentioned outcome focused training versus performance focused training. i love that concept yeah down for us right quick yeah well most of us like uh you know like you and a lot of and me's guys you know prior military guys law enforcement what all they knew when they were in was outcome-based training, which can be defined as execution with consideration of the consequence. Will I succeed or will I fail? How many, how much, how fast? It's basically adhering to some bullshit arbitrary standard that some dude wrote down and put in a book. So when we're training (laughs) outcome, there's no room for growth, you know, because we're just training for the outcome. Um, I like, to train guys, whether it's in shooting or fighting, how a professional athlete trains, and that's on performance. You know, task at hand. Where is my home, and how can I make an incremental improvement to the structure of my home? It asks how well, and it allows an individual to be um, introspective, Mm. to exercise objective self-critique. Yes. Um, You can't do that when you work in an outcome. You know, you're just looking at the whiteboard and capitulating, being subservient to the whiteboard, basically. You know, capitulating. Today, so I just do that. And it's like a, a CrossFit is a really good example of outcome-based training. Yeah. You know, you look at the whiteboard and, and you do what the whiteboard says because, well, somebody wrote it down there, and that's how many reps you're doing, and it's that's execution with consideration the consequence. Will I succeed or will I fail? How many? How much? How fast? Okay. And, no room for growth. No room for growth there. So, yeah, I, I hate it. I hate outcome-based training. Hate it. What would be a good example of uh, fo- the performance-focused training? Um, performance-based training, what, uh, what, I, what I do, like, in my courses is I read the guy, the course of fire, and, and I demonstrate it. And then I say, go ahead, and now it's your turn you are going to set the standard for yourself in this because performance can be measured by doing what we can with what we have. And we all perform differently. So now I'm giving the guy permission to, to uh, perform 
within his capability limit. And then I will get coach the individual on how to make those incremental improvements. But it's not just up to me. It's up to the individual as well. He's got to want it. It requires a more mature audience. You can't, for instance, get a bunch of, you know, basic training recruits at, at you know, uh, in the Marine Corps or the Army and say, hey, we're going to work on performance-based training. They need outcome-based training. Yeah. You know, they need it. They need, hey, you're freaking doing it this way, this many, for this long, period. Get but, to here. Right, right. But as we mature, you know, we need um, to discover where we live. You know, we need to discover what our capability limits are. We need to discover where our point of diminishing return is also because that's different for everybody. So those are a few examples of how to live in the performance-based training world. Awesome. Love that, man. That's good stuff. Just, I mean, even anything down to even dry firing, you know, that's just a good way to approach learning, teaching yourself, practicing anything. Mm -hmm. I dig it, man. Range. Yeah, but it requires introspection. You know, you got to be honest with yourself. You got to be introspective. Yeah. And able yeah. to be harsh. And you got to exercise, exercise what they uh, call in the sports psychology world, metacognition, meta, metacognition, thinking about your own thinking, knowledge about your own knowledge. Wow. Metacognition. Yep. Like yep. Cognitive yep. process, meta, internal. Sweet. That's good stuff. Yep. Uh, what would you say about range theatrics these days? Any, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it, it's, it's a thing I have to deal with a lot. Yeah, yeah, man. It's well, it's and it and it's see, the thing is, there's always somebody ready to sell a gimmick, and there are always those willing to be on the receiving end to, to, to purchase that gimmick, believe to it. Yeah. go home with that and say, Man. This I like this gimmick. This makes sense to makes me. Makes me feel good, and it, and it doesn't. It, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's ridiculous. I'll ask guys. I say, "Hey, what are you doing there?" And, they, and they'll tell me. I said, "Does it make sense to you?" And they go, "Yeah." Well, I said, "Why does it make sense?" Well, so and so taught me it, and he gave these reasons. I said, "No, no, 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 no. I know it makes sense to him. Does it make sense to you?" I mean, think about this. When would you ever do that thing that you're doing right now? Give me an example, and then they go, "Holy crap, man!" I can't think of an example. Huh. And it's all theater, bro. All yeah. freaking theater. You would never do that. You know, like the, uh, like the boom, 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 and the, the turning your head from left to right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you guys something. Would you ever go like this? Boom, boom, boom. And then holster your gun in a gunfight? You got to close on that guy now. You just... You, you, you either killed him or you've wounded somebody. You got to close. You got to clear that gun from him. You got to call 911. You got to see if you got to render this guy aid. aid now. I yeah. mean, you would never just turn your head from left to right and then put the gun in the holster ever, ever. ever. So <laughs> there's a bunch of them, you know, like that. But uh, yeah, they cracked me up. Yeah, man. So they're not allowed on my, not allowed on my range. <laughs> oh, so you break every one of their habits. You're like, cut it out. Oh, yeah. I tell them they could. I tell them they could do it when they leave. Yeah. I dig that, man. So no range katas, no, no katas, nope. no, <laughs> no, no katas, no range katas, nope. Yeah, man. I went to a course with Mike uh, from Knockout Lights the other day, and he we had this conversation, and he just was kind of like, "Look, man, if you can't 
if you and I talked to a couple of guys about it and it really just comes down to, in my opinion, like if there's no utility for it, if it's like an, an ego thing or you seen it and it looked cool one time kind of thing, uh, you need to be able to articulate why you're doing that, especially if you're trying to take it into a life and death situation, at least, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so no, that's heck, heck yeah. No, I wanted to touch on that for sure. Uh, physical fitness, man. How do you stay in shape on the road? You're on the road all the time and we're on the road all the time, you know? So any pointers? Yep. Well, uh, it's it, it's not as it, it's not as easy. <clears throat> one of another one of my mantras that I invented is hard work sucks, and not everybody's cut out for it. Um, it's true. I plan a workout at the I plan a workout at the beginning of the day for the end of the day. So as soon as I get to a range, I'm okay. looking around. Can I do pull up? Can I do pull ups on that piece of cover? You know, uh, is there a log around here? Um, are there cinder blocks? Is there something heavy I could pick up and just carry? Uh, because I don't want to leave the range and go to a gym because it's very easy for me to leave the range, go, eh, screw that, and go to my hotel and take a shower and with a beer in my hand. <laughs> um, right. So I'm going to do it right on the range before I even leave. You know, I'm already nasty and sweaty and, and, um, I'm going to find shit right there on the range that I could use. Um, and it could be, you know, get a couple of picnic tables close together so you could do dips. Uh, and I could use that picnic table to do squat or, or thrusters with it, that kind of thing. Uh, there's, there's stuff, man. I, the range is my gym. And I will okay. invent some crazy ass shit, man, on the gym and get a pretty good freaking workout in. But it's... It's um yeah, hard work sucks and not everybody's cut out for it. I'm gonna get that rain that workout at the end of the freaking day because I'm also gonna keep Jerry Rice in mind. I will do today what others won't, so I can do tomorrow what others can't. Heck <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. So really the principle is plot on your workout, you know, and use what you have around you. you yeah, know? you got you gotta do that uh mental blueprint, you know, yeah. early in the day, mental blueprint it. Write it, you know, uh, whiteboard in, in your head. And a reminder that, hey, at the end of the day, you got to hit it, bro. Yeah, end of the day. Got to do even, it. Or even before, you know, the client wakes up, if you can get away with it, whatever's going down, bring some bands maybe, bring some, get your ab roller, bring your trash with you on the on the road if you got to. But yep. it's a creativity game, man. It really adds resources and using what you can find once you're on the road. Right. You said something about four reasons for exercise that I thought was ultra interesting, yeah. man. You want to break that down? Four reasons for exercise. Yeah, sure. Well, once again, we all perform differently. Performance can be measured by doing what we can with what we have. But we should all maintain, as the agent in charge of your own executive protection detail, some level of – right? And if you think, okay, my job – let's say you're a dad and you got little kids and a wife. My job is not only provider, but it is – protector of my flock they're my flock and i need to be the protector and why should i exercise for four reasons number one i want to be there for self-preservation longevity right health number two the ability to save my own life number three and more importantly the ability to save their lives and number four kicking somebody's freaking ass you know so (laughs) So, and you think about it, those are valid reasons, you know, if you're, if you're, because if your focus 
um, exercise is cosmetics, you ain't going to get there. You know, yeah. if you're thinking, man, I want a cool ass beach body. Number one, you're not going to have any of these things. No. Uh, plus that's a long road, man. You know, the beach body. But the thing is, if you work out for these reasons, you're going to get the physique and have these things too. Yeah. These intangibles, Heck which yeah. is cool. You want these things. Yeah. Those things are more valuable. Those things are more yeah, in terms of negotiation, yeah. even on the negotiation table. All, the, all yeah. four of those things can can keep the peace, can stop a fight, you know, because most of the guys right. who are on that level, they look at you and they kind of know, you know, this will be expensive, right. maybe not tonight kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. real right. recognizes real, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I love the way you broke that down because guys are in the gym for multiple different reasons, but I think it just adds a lot of gravity too to the reality of like, the utility of physical fitness, man. Uh, and and the, what we're really doing here, you know, it's easy to get distracted these days for sure. Yeah. This combat chassis principle, we're all, you know, cause I got people look at me and they're like, I wish I had this and that like you and da, 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 da. I'm like, look, man, we're all different and you utilize your strengths and I utilize right. mine, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, so the, the combat chassis, number, so n- number one, if I tell a guy, let's say he isn't fit, right? Let's say he's 40 and he's kind of accepted mediocrity and now he realizes, damn, man, I let myself go, bro. Yeah, I said, bro, you can run for the combat chassis. He'll look at me like, he'll go, what? what? So, uh, number one, it's subliminal manipulation. You mean I have a combat chassis? Yeah, man, you do. You have a combat chassis. It's, it's, it's a freaking 74 Pinto. But we could retrofit that. We could make it a 77 Impala. And then maybe even, you know, an IROC Z. And then, you know, we could build that thing up. <laughs> you know, we could, we could retrofit the hell out of that combat chassis, you know? We just need to, you know, work on that suspension a little bit. Maybe we'll, you know, uh, we'll, we'll add some horsepower to the, to the mill. Um, put some new freaking, you know, it, 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 it's the chassis that we're working on, not the tires and the wax. You know, not the cosmetics, yeah. but that suspension, the engine, the power plant, the um, the computer, you know, that it has in it, the uh, the processing center, information processing, all that stuff. So it's a neat way to help describe the performance-based training, too. You know, we all perform differently. Performance is measured by doing what we can with what we have. I can't run a marathon the way a 125-pound male from Kenya can, right. but he can't lift the same shit over his head that I can. And so, and then, um, you know, there's guys who are overweight and in their thirties. Um, but the thing is they may have, and I, I, I see this a lot, uh, cause I'll have guys on the range who are maybe like late thirties, early forties. And I do a lot of footwork on the range and I'll go, bro, man, you have really good footwork. Were you an athlete? And I say, yeah, I played tennis in college and, yeah, I let myself go. I said, well, don't let yourself go, man, because not everybody's got footwork. Not everybody's got natural rhythm, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I said, look at those guys over there. They're super fit, and their footwork sucks, bro. It sucks, and they're fit, man. They got veins popping out and, and chesticles, and, you know, yeah. they got uh, deltoids and popping all over the place. Goodness, yeah. But their footwork sucks. So, yeah, okay, so we're all different, and you got to use yep. those differences exercise make those differences better i agree 100 man if you're if you're if you're a small dude get that speed and endurance game game 
game up, you know, and right. also you can make up for that by trying to lift, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how, how good it is to swim upstream. Sometimes I, I feel like sometimes right. just execute on where, where you're strong, you know, um, yep. real quick, your combat strength training, man, what would be like the ABCs of that? What makes that different from, you know, like, normal strength training what most people are doing in the gym well number for several of the reasons that we mentioned number one it's performance based mm. number two it's fight centric so it considers these things self-preservation longevity saving your life saving somebody else's life kicking somebody's ass Thank you. um so and then um it it works on a very wide skill set disparity because it recognizes that everybody's built different so all those things it's it, 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 and and the other thing is it's a, it's minimalistic. It doesn't require a membership to a gym. You know, you could do it with very very few items. You know, sandbag, a couple of resistance bands, maybe a couple of dumbbells or a kettlebell. You don't need a bunch of freaking crap. You don't need a gym membership. You could do it out of your garage or off the back of your pickup truck. So there's a lot of differences, and it's the main focus is that self preservation, longevity. You know, stronger, longer. Motion yeah. is lotion. Lotion is lotion, baby. That's what's up. And when, you know, I think it's it's also something that guys can do when they're on the road too, man. If you can find yep. yourself a, you know, a good, just clear spot to get after it, maybe bring some things with you. Now we're rolling into the legacy stuff. If you're going to say there was something unique about you, what would it be? Uh, I think about me, only because people tell me this, is that uh, I have a lot of interests. I'm hobby heavy. Yeah. I draw I draw, I play music, I watch birds, I do photo, I ride a freaking unicycle, I tinker with my muscle car, yeah. I ride dirt bikes, uh, um, I woodwork. I, I'm very hobby heavy, a lot of interests. Yeah. I want, I want to do all of the things. What things? All of the things. <laughs> That's awesome. And what drives that is, why do you think you're so hobby heavy? Hobby heavy. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I think some of us are more right lobe than other, you know, others. So some of the right lobe of your brain is the poetic side, creativity, creative side. Yeah. And some of us are rely on that more than the analytical side. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I'm very right lobed. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I like to create stuff. I had to, I, I do all kinds of stuff too, but I had a buddy talking the other day about some hobby he was ashamed of. And I, from watching your, uh, one of your other interviews and I was like, bro, Pat Max watching, following birds around the forest, dude. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> That's what's up. Bro. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. What keeps you going these days, brother? Uh, what keeps me going is, um, that thing we were talking about where I'm, um, I am motivating, inspiring, and encouraging people. So yeah. I get up and I go through some of my social and I hear all these people telling me, thank you, dude, yeah. that means I got to do that again tomorrow. Heck yeah. And again the next day and the next day. So uh, they, they're, they're thanking me, but I really have to thank them. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's give and take. Yeah. 100% man. It's, it's getting that payback, not payback, but yep. that, that positive feedback. It's like, it's validating, you know, it's, uh, that's awesome, man. I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I feel like. Motivated by those who I am motivating. 
Yeah, like a positive force multiplier, dude. That that's I, yep. I dig it. What um would you say there are any keys to longevity? Because I mean you've been in the game for a while. You know what I'm saying? You you're you're still out moving around, you got great energy, vigor, you know, of a young man. <laughs> you know, what would you say yep. the keys of Well, one is diet. It's that's massive, man. You know, um you shit in, shit out. You know, you you've got to freaking you, especially as you get older. You've got to watch what you put inside of your body. Um, so diet's massive, man. If I eat freaking crap, mm-hmm. um, there's no way I can maintain like an energy and fitness level um, and longevity. Uh, another one is attitude, right? Going to bed with a clean conscious thinking tomorrow I'm going to attack the day. Clean conscious, I think, is, is, is freaking huge. Mm-hmm. This, and, the, and the softest pillow is a clean conscious. You know, and, and it's so good to go to bed knowing that you've lived the day well and that you're going to do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Another one key to longevity is, um, man, I got a young wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. She's half my age. So, oh my God. So that right there, dude, man, not because I, I want her to look at me and go, Yup. Yeah. Not only is that mine, but I'm sleeping with that tonight. You yeah. know, I want yeah. her to, to always look at me like that. Um, but there's a there's a few of them right there. Not that everybody can go out and get a young hot wife, but the thing is, you can eat well, and you could go to bed ready to attack the day, and go to bed with a clean conscience. Um, eating well too, a lot of freaking water. Right? You got to hydrate. Um, you gotta stay fit. The fitness thing is massive, and <laughs> and when it comes to fitness, don't get freaking hurt working out. It's yeah, called dude. fitness, not brokenness. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yep. I'm with you. For grace of God, I haven't injured myself good yet, but uh, and I hope I never will. But I, I I'd be trying to stay in that like 80th percentile of my kind of strength and stuff like that a lot of times when I'm working out by myself for those reasons because I do a lot of conventional lifting and. So far, I haven't injured myself, you know. Yep. But yeah, man, those are those are great, 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 great gouge, man. When you when you when you want your partner to look at you, you want them to be excited. Heck yeah, that's a driving, driving force, man. Um, clean conscience is a soft pillow. Absolutely. There's like us. I feel like there's a strength and confidence you can walk through life with when you know you're maintaining your integrity. That's in alignment with like what you respect and things like that. So like. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What what hard lessons in life would you want to help others stay away from? Kind of traps. Oh, 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 oh. Um, bad relationship, stuff. number one. Oh, bad, yeah. bad relationship. Um, too many, because, you know, I fell into, you get you get smitten, right? Yeah. Especially if you're young and you get smitten and you go, oh, man, I'm, I'm marrying that. So stay away from that. Man, just be weary about red flags. And if they're red flags, then achieve separation and get the hell away, man. Don't freaking do it. You don't want to be locked into a bad relationship. Yeah. So that's a big one. This is all that I learned, you know. And, and it's hard. With with age comes wisdom. And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, especially with guys, I didn't have, I didn't have wisdom when I was in my 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And lack of wisdom what happens is a lot of times you um 
you say things that you regret. You know, you, you don't give your thought a moment of pause. You speak without tact. And um, I did that a bunch, you know, uh, when I was younger. And, and then you have regrets. You go, man, I, pro- I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that could be a, it could have been a first impression. It could be a lasting impression. So that's another huge one. Uh, another one is uh, risk analysis. Most of that comes with uh, with wisdom too, age and wisdom. You know, you do stupid shit when you're younger, you get banged up, and uh, <laughs> then it takes you forever to recover from it. <laughs> yeah. So there's a few of them right there. That's just a few. Just a few. That's what's up. I dig it. How do you view making the ultimate sacrifice? What makes it worth it? What makes it worth it to um, give your life to something or someone for someone? How do you view that? I guess number one, you don't, uh, you don't think about it. You know, it's not something that is on the forefront. You're not saying to yourself, I am ready to die for this call. I guess because I don't think about it, I haven't thought about it. (laughs) It's just part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, for instance, you know, when I was in the military, you never think about it. You know, you know that the possibility is there all the time. Yeah. Whether real world mission or even training, you don't even freaking think about it. Um, but like, mm-hmm. you know, to protect my wife or any of my loved ones or kitties, uh, I will move heaven and earth to uh, protect them. Even if that means me going through a meat grinder. Yeah. I don't freaking care, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to risk injury or, you know, I'm going to make sure that I am planning a, a, a strategy so I'm not a, uh, an, a liability to them. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to do something stupid and get myself killed. I could have helped them and still lived. Yeah. I find usually with that question, it's, it's just part of who we are. It's, it's like something that we, we have either trained ourselves into. It's just part of if you saw the right occasion, you would commit yourself. Right. Essentially, kind of seems to be what, what I find. That's awesome, man. Is there a relationship to you? Is there a relationship between life and death um, that you think about or that you consider? You know, like for me, I think about, you know. No, I no I, something that I've never even, never even thought about. Okay. I have awesome. no relationship with life and death. Um, what would you say about family and its importance in the role of a lifelong warrior or protector? Well, for me, it's, it's a way of life to be there. Uh, protector. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure where to go. Where to go with that one? Because I don't really understand. I guess I really don't understand the question. Yeah. Like, what role does family kind of play for you? Because I, I, some guys are kind of like lone wolf guys, where they're like, "Man, it's just me out here." On the oh, road. Right. other guys are yeah. like, "Yo, my family's everything." You know. So. Oh yeah. Kind of, yeah. What role does family? Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. It, no. I'm. I, I'm not. I am not that self-centered man i like my family and um i like uh knowing that i am a part of you know a a community that's pretty freaking tight when it comes to even you know my parents who are distant you know distant in in uh in in mileage not distant from me but you know there we don't live in the same geographical area um but i think i i no, I think that's important, man, you know, to, yeah. to, um, to be able to uh, bond with, with your loved ones, your siblings, your, your kiddos, your spouse and all that stuff. 
I think it's it's that it's huge, man. And they should come first, you know. They're they're numeral uno. Heck yeah, good to go. And at the finally, what would you say is what's it all for, man? If there was something that folks were going to remember you by, how would you want them remember to remember you? You know, what's it all for? Helping change the world to be a better place. You know, um, yeah, it, it, it's so it's so freaking corny and cliche. You know, I get that, but <clears throat> but it, that starts with um, you know one person at a time, and and a positive message resonates, and and um, a, a role model that shit resonates with people, and yeah. it's contagious, just as is visceral and shrill is also contagious. You know, negativity breeds negativity, but positivity breeds positivity. So I want to be that person for as long as possible, you know, to make that, uh, to have a positive influence on others, to make the world a better place at the risk of sounding extremely freaking corny. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's corny because it's true. And so many people have said it, you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's something that we all like climb the mountain of our ambitions and then we get towards the top and we're like, you know what this is really all about? <laughs> and we all yeah, arrive at kind of the same kind of place, kind of, you know? That's funny. Yeah, and, and there's so many people out there that that, that don't think that, you know? They yeah. suck. People just plain out suck. Yeah. And they're, they're happy just raining negativity upon those who are uh, easy targets. Yeah, weaker, and, yeah. And, they, what, uh, and, they, and they suck and you can't change them, so... To hell with them. Yeah, just keep moving. And then uh, is there a, a ritual you'd like to have everyone, you'd like to leave everyone with that you think makes you a better person and uh, like a daily ritual that makes you better at what you do or possibly makes you a better person or anything like that in the course of the day? Well, there's, one, there's, there's, there's a couple. One, uh, somebody asked me once, hey, what's your daily routine? And I say routine is the playground of a dull mind. Yes. If you do this thing over and over and over every day. Uh And and the other thing is, if we have routine, we fall into a rut of complacent adaptation. You know, um, I like to be an opportunist as much as possible. Like I don't set, for instance, I don't set my alarm clock for the same wake up time every day. I have an alarm clock set. Sometime I get up before it, sometime after it. I could hear it. It's in another room. And then I don't go through uh, the day with a routine. I usually map it out the day before and I'll put all my notes on a whiteboard. Um, And then a big one, this is a big one for me, especially if you are somebody who like me owns their own business, you can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Because it's all about you Mm -hmm. and work needs to be freaking done because you got to get paid. Yeah. Now, so, but I have a, another mantra that I live by and I say every night is Saturday night, but every morning is Monday morning. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's so what's up. I, I, go out, I go out for a couple hours almost every night. Awesome. And this is for a couple reasons. Number one, it gets me out of the house. So I'm not sitting in front of my computer and I'm damn sure not going to sit in front of the TV. People ask me about, Oh, have you seen this show or that show? I'm like, never. <laughs> um, I'm right and then um, it gets me, you know, around, you know, people because human beings, we are social creatures. 
Mm. And I'm not going out to make friends with anybody. I don't need that. But I still like to chew the fat with people and chit chat with the people I know from my pub and mm. from the community. Yeah. And tip a beer with them. Yeah. Heck yeah. So there's a couple, there's yeah. a couple routines that aren't routine. That's what's up. Cool. Uh, what's up next, man? What are you up to these days? Where can folks find you? Shameless plugs, all that stuff. Well, I am on all over the interweb. I got a YouTube channel, Pat Mac YouTube. I'm on IG, and that's at T Max Inc. T M A C S I N C. And then uh, I've got uh, my business site is tmaxinc.com, and I'm just working, man. Worky, worky, worky. That's all I do. Heck yeah! What was it? Hard work is hard work sucks, and not everybody's cut out for it. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Hey, it's been an honor having you on, uh, Pat Meg. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, for right on, me, brother. It's it's been a definite honor. God bless. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Until our paths cross again, brother. Talk All to right, you. out. Rock and roll. To support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation. Com, and I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.